Um, so I'd like to really get, you know, go 3v1 on Dustin and really get to know what his uh, <laughs> worst gym workouts are. And he's probably going to say, get into my car to go to Whataburger. <laughs> <laughs> Walk into the fridge at 2 in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. Lifting the Popeye sandwich to his mouth. <laughs> Bicep workout. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dose. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E-Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. The great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Sphere, presented to you by Noel Game Day. We are here on this gorgeous, gorgeous Wednesday. It is July 22nd. We're going to talk a little bit about the first season opener uh, game, Florida State versus West Virginia. Some updates there, maybe. Um, also, a little bit of the season ahead. Uh, new Seminole Booster CEO. A little bit about Marvin Wilson, uh, and then a little bit of recruiting to end off the football segment. Uh, also, we're going to have our top three worst segment, and this week it is gym workouts. So it's just going to be me and Austin giving our thoughts on that. And then to finish it off, Austin, and I'm going to pitch in a little bit into a little bit of this ba- basketball rundown. Obviously, five-star Matthew Cleveland has committed to Florida State. So we'll have a good chat about that, along with a lot of other things here. And there's a lot of questions from the Discord and Twitter that you guys laid out for us. So we have a pretty uh, jam-packed podcast for you guys this evening. As always, you can listen to it on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, uh, pretty much everywhere. If you hit that subscribe button, it would really uh, help a lot, and you'll be notified every time we go live. Um, I always suggest doing that. If you're on YouTube, definitely hit that subscribe button. We've seen quite a bit of viewers go over there now. You guys are crazy. Um, but uh, I want to actually give some shout-outs here because I've been missing out on it. Um, and I need to give some shout-outs to some guys that have uh, – and maybe some ladies out there that have dropped some five-stars for us on iTunes. First one, EJ Roxas World dropped a five-star review on iTunes. said, here the Sphere Podcast is the most subscribed content if you consider yourself a nolan podcast junkie insightful funny and a breath of fresh air in this cluttered fsu plethora the folks at Noel game day know how to attract hook and sink you into their show plus their guests are bar none and they have the best intro around so i appreciate that man ej rocks this world thank you a lot um we're going to shout out continue to shout out people that leave five stars in the future and leave reviews it really helps um, but before we get into j- jump into everything I might as well introduce my one and only co-host for this evening. Everybody's left us, Austin, but Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer at NoGameDay.com. What's going on, man? What's up, man? We don't even have Dustin to complain about how long that intro was because it was longer than usual. <sighs> yeah, so I'm going to that... do it for him. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 was tough. I'm trying my hardest, man. It seems like new things, and we're not even in football season yet. I don't know how long the intros are going to be. But, you know, I make up for it because usually – Whenever you listen to other bigger podcasts or whatever, they are introducing their sponsor or they're having to run an ad at the beginning. So I count that as like our ad. Um, if we ever bring on somebody to run an ad on our podcast, then we'll just completely annihilate my 20-minute intro. Oh, my God. Please, someone sponsor us. I don't care if it's <laughs> just a couple dollars. Please. <laughs> yes. Hey, a couple dollars wouldn't be bad either. Uh, not at all. Uh, but yeah, Dustin is, um, dealing with some personal stuff, so we're going to handle it for him. Uh, we actually have a pretty good podcast for next week planned out of, we're going to do a big Q and a, because I think stuff is starting to jump here. Football wise. Um, Dustin is dropping offense and defense depth projections, uh, guys that are also flying under the radar articles at nolgame.com. So uh, I think we're going to do a big old Q and a and talk depth charts too next week. And I think Nate, 
Greer, the recruiting insider, is going to join us. So uh, it's just going to be me and Austin this evening. Hopefully, hopefully uh, we'll be able to handle it. I, I I don't really think Dustin really carried anything, anyways. Yeah, uh, he's. I mean, he's here. That's he's sometimes here, but you know we'll be fine without him today. Yeah, I, I think we'll I think we'll handle ourselves. So let's jump into it. We got a, quite a bit to talk about here. We got we got more notes than I thought we were going to have, but uh, let's jump into some football stuff first. Uh, I think the big thing this week <clears throat> so far, uh, it's only Wednesday, is the Chick Fil A president CEO uh, talking about you know they're still planning on having the Florida State versus West Virginia game along with the two other ones that they're planning to just roll out to that whole entire weekend in the new in the Mercedes Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, he mentioned that they are you know preparing still for for a camp for uh for games obviously but also the, the amount of fans that they're gonna have uh 25 percent 30 percent and i believe 50 percent if i'm correct is what they are currently planning out for i saw earlier today too that the mercedes-benz stadium and the atlanta falcons i believe austin i think they, they think they said like 10 to twenty thousand um this upcoming season and you're required to wear your mask obviously uh, but ten to twenty thousand is what is uh, is what the Atlanta Falcons are preparing for to allow fans to get in. What what any kind of thoughts on this? It's really interesting because you know Atlanta is kind of fighting with the state. I think last week the Georgia governor said masks aren't mandatory, but Atlanta is close to shutting down because of how many cases they're having. Um, it'll be interesting to see what comes out this week and of next week to see. If they're still having it, how many fans are allowed? I wouldn't be surprised if fans weren't allowed just because, I mean, Atlanta is one of the hotbeds right now for coronavirus. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's something that I think we're going to have to keep, obviously, keep an eye on. I mean, that's something that we've been having to do this whole entire offseason once this pandemic has started. But um, if Atlanta's already announcing that 10 to 20,000 will be there, then that's probably what you should expect, obviously, for FSU versus West Virginia. Uh, this is all up to really the stadium. But uh, I, from what the article was, uh, whenever <clears throat> Tallahassee Democrat was interviewing uh, the Chick-fil-A president, CEO, uh, he was mentioning, you know, they would lose, uh, he said, the projected $100 million if the games were fully canceled. Uh, so that, that's a, that's a major hit on them. So they're definitely trying to push for the, these games to happen. And I think also the universities are too, as long as it's safe, uh, they definitely want to get out there cause they're, they're, they're going to make money too. They might not get as much as they were supposed to, obviously with not probably having a lot of, a lot of fans there. But, uh, I think from what that article said, it seemed like a lot of the universities are still trying to get in there and, and have these games be played uh, because they're, they're going to get paid. You'll be on national television. You're also in a really nice stadium, too. Uh, it's just they've got to figure out a lot of things uh, safety wise and, you know, taking away a good amount of fans is going to do that. So I, I still were you were you planning on going, Austin, because I was going to definitely try. I, I have to go to a wedding that weekend, sadly. Um, I was going to say the same thing about the universities. I mean, these universities get more money from doing these neutral site games than your regular home and home. Plus, they get a chance to recruit that area. And Atlanta's a great recruiting area, especially for Florida State. Um, but yeah, I, I, everything you just said. But yeah, I had a wedding that weekend. Crazy. Oh no, tough, tough, tough. Definitely not. Definitely not yours. That's for sure. It's not even no. coming close. Yeah. No. Got a, we we both have a long ways to go. We got, we got a long way. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's see here. Uh, up next, uh, this also goes in, in regards to fans and the stands. Uh, it was announced uh, really from the governor of uh, New York, uh, Andrew uh, Cuomo. God, I probably completely screwed that. But he announced that there will no, no there wouldn't be no fans for. Uh, uh, home football games. I mean, he's pretty much talking about sporting events and uh, in general, but uh, he announced that there will be no uh, fans in attendance. So that and in, in New York, so that means that Florida State versus Syracuse in November will cause that game to have no fans at all, which will be obviously really weird. It's also been a good while 
I mean, it's it's an announcement that's made in months and months and months in advance of that maybe could possibly change. But as of right now, Florida State's going to be playing in a dome with no fans at all there in New York. Which is the right move. And like we just talked about the Chick-fil-A game, like I, I'm almost expecting every college to go to no fans. I know some of these colleges really need the money for these fans to be there, but I think the season being played is most important, and then you can worry about fans later, honestly. Yeah, it'll be definitely weird. I, I wonder what it will be like for players when it gets into these scenarios, definitely in college football. I mean, that's what you, you know, you, you commit. You, you want to go to a college just really to have that atmosphere, and whenever you go score, you make a big play, you get the enthusiasm and the craziness from the fan base, the student section. I mean, that's what makes it so special. And that's where you get most of your drive and um, motivation. I mean, even pro players like LeBron James said whenever the pandemic was going on and was worried about not having fans. So that's really what drives him to make those special plays and and be out there and slam those dunks. And that's got to go the same route for college football players. Yeah, even college basketball. I mean, Everyone talks about how amazing of an atmosphere the Louisville game was last year. And it was because the, the crowd was just so great and they were so in the game. And players play off of the crowd. Everyone, Some players can say they won't and they tune it out, but they absolutely feed off the energy from the crowd. It's going to be weird seeing some of these games without fans or with 25% capacity, 50% capacity, whatever it is. It's going to be really weird to watch. Mm-hmm. Up next, Seminole Boosters has brought in a new CEO. Andy Miller's gone. (laughs) Yeah, this might have been something that needed to have happened maybe a good couple years ago, maybe. I don't know. Uh, But Florida State is bringing in Michael Alford. He's actually coming from Central Michigan University, but I don't think a lot of people, hopefully, I'm probably FSC fans, but maybe people that might not be following along a lot. Might not know his experience, so I say we run down a little bit and see what he's done in his past. I tweeted it out whenever he was uh, announced. Uh, so what he comes, I'll kind of just list through some of the teams that he's worked with. So the Cincinnati Bengals, he's done work with them. He's done work with the uh, Dallas Cowboys, one of the biggest, if not the biggest, sports team in the world that generates some of the biggest um, revenue incomes um, in the world, which is pretty impressive. But he also, as a member there, uh, did $400 million and helped uh, bring in $400 million in contractual revenue uh, for the club there. Uh, he also managed aspects of the programming for Cowboy Stadium, a state-of-the-art facility that opened in 2009 and has obviously hosted numerous college football contests along with Super Bowls uh, and concerts and other events. His other experience was with in a college football team uh, is the Alabama Crimson Tide. He worked there with them. Also did work with the Oklahoma Sooners, where in 2013 and 2014, uh, he distinguished himself as a Sooner club and set annual giving records for donations in 2013 and 2014. And membership increased to an all-time high of over uh, 10,600 members. So he has really helped develop, uh, really helped develop Oklahoma's and, and the givings and, and building uh, relationships with donors while, during his time in Oklahoma. Um, and then he had a little bit of an ex- some experience too, also with USC over in South California, Southern California. Uh, so as you can tell, he's had a lot of experience here. Um, if you've kept up with Florida State and 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 the money situation and kind of the miscommunication it has been uh, for a good stint now between Florida state athletics and the boosters. Uh, You probably know this might be a good change and maybe some optimism is heading in this direction um, because Florida state is not in a, in a drought, I guess you could say, but there is definitely a need for some help and, and maybe some more organization and, and generating money. And I think it will, I think this is a pretty solid, solid move for Florida state. Yeah, just keeping it straight, Andy Miller was horrible. I mean, he's his time was up. It had been up for about a decade. A mannequin would have been an upgrade over him at this point. But <laughs> getting someone with this kind of experience, 
especially in some of these bigger programs, USC, Oklahoma, the Cowboys. I mean, it's going to help so much for Florida State. We've talked a lot about, man, money's really tied at Florida State. The numbers aren't looking good. They're really trying to do some things to bring up the revenue. Now you're bringing in a guy in that can really up those donations. And it's, it's going to help Florida State out a ton, not just in football where they need it, but basketball and baseball as well. Yep, you're right. Uh, and I also want to note in here, too, that Florida State, if you if you remember correctly, you know, it's, it's probably kind of forgot now, but Mike Norvell hired another big cat and kind of like that football operations segment. Uh, Bruce Warwick, uh, as a chief of staff, he came from the uh, Los Angeles Rams and also had a lot of a really good experience there. So Mike Norvell is not only, you know, kind of setting Florida State up or might not just be Mike Norvell, but as the university right now. They are really kind of trying to build this thing back up uh, and try to uh, help help off the field, too, in a lot of ways. And I think these two hires that Florida State has made uh, is going to help excel and, and maybe bring in some um, some good stuff for FSU in the, in the next couple of years. Let's see. Uh, up next, uh, Marvin Wilson was actually on uh, ESPN – uh, college football the other day, uh, I think it was yesterday, uh, and he, you know, the, the highlight of it is, is that he said that Florida State's going to be a 10, he, he thinks he's, Florida State's going to be a 10-win team, and he really uh, trusts Mike Norvell's staff and what they brought on. What's your initial thoughts of that 10 wins, 10 wins? My first initial thought was, I don't even know if we're going to play 10 games this season. <laughs> but Optimism. It's, it's, it's a bold claim. Honestly, um, I, I think most FSU fans would be happy with seven and five this season with improvement across the board, not just in record, but, you know, not the stupid penalties we've been seeing the last few years. People are lined up correctly, things like this. So if FSU was at seven, eight wins, I think a lot of Florida State fans would be like, yeah, this is perfect. We're in the right direction. Ten wins, we're going to be, I, I, it's going to be insane. <laughs> Yeah, if that if that were to happen, um, if anybody's ever complaining about recruiting, I know there's a lot of stuff in the Discord and there's arguing every thirty seconds about it. I think there'd be it'd be off the rails. I think it would be off the rails. I think it would be really really good recruiting wise if it was eight wins. But oh yeah, certainly. The lies the being told would be unbelievable in the off season. <laughs> yes, they most certainly would. Uh, 10 wins is tough. I'm, we aren't, we haven't given our season predictions yet. We're going to wait. We're going to make sure that listeners are really, really just, uh, making sure they stay tuned for that one. Um, but whenever we give our, our predictions, I don't think it's going to be the same as Marvin Wilson's. Um, uh, but I like the mentality. Probably not. Ha- nah, <laughs> probably not gonna be the same as Marvin Wilson's, but I, you got to have that mentality. Uh, he's a big leader. Um, and I think it was also good to see, you know, he really, is, he's really been impressed and, and really likes how they've been developed so far and gotten to know Mike Norvell and staff and, and the company inside the program. So uh, Marvin Wilson is, is is very confident right now. And, you know, I've heard from uh, inside the program and, and players too, man, they, they are ready to play, uh, even though they haven't really even had a true, true, like really a true practice with pads on with Mike Norvell and staff that they really want to get out there and they feel like the last couple of seasons, they've kind of um, really missed out on some better opportunities with the talent they have. And we'll see. Marvin Wilson does have, he is going to have a good defense though. He's going to try to get those 10 wins up next. I've got a little update here. It was a tweet this uh, Wednesday, the marching chiefs and David Plack, the director of bands, Went to Doak to prepare and uh, and plan for the season ahead. Obviously, they're still waiting on decisions, but uh, he tweeted out that they were going out there and kind of just measuring out what it would look like first off to have six feet away from one another, and uh, which I'm sure is pretty interesting. I don't know how many guys you could have there, but uh, they're they're preparing and they're waiting on announcement. But that's the marching chiefs director. Uh, that's you know the marching chiefs play a big role too in Doak Campbell, so. Uh, we'll keep an eye, and obviously they're they're still waiting to get um, the go ahead on whatever their plan, whatever whoever's gonna. I don't I don't know who nowadays. I don't know who has to make the rules, Austin. I really have no yeah. clue. Is it the government? 
is it the president john john thrasher coburn i have no idea <laughs> and and that's one of those like the marching chiefs is a, like a small detail you don't think of right away but if let's say they're still allowed in the stadium which i'm assuming they would if there's no fans just for the atmosphere and that's part of florida state but are they still going to do like the halftime show for tv or are they still doing the pre-game stuff that they always do it's, it's just those little stuff that you know the management whether it be like you said john thrasher david coburn they've got to figure it out it's, it's one of those yeah. small things but it's, they've definitely got to figure it out i think they should hire dustin lewis to really manage all that and figure it out oh god run it to the ground <laughs> they don't want that say goodbye to doke i'm sure that will be screwed <laughs> up <laughs> Well, there would be like probably about like fifteen or so, um, fifteen or so Popeyes in there though. So I mean, that's something. I was, that saying, you look I was thinking Waterburger. And Waterburger yeah, water stands everywhere. There would be Waterburger stands and Popeye stands if Dustin were to be the. There should there should already be a honey fried chicken stand as. Ooh, God. As, be- as praised as it is, they need a honey fried chicken stand in there. They, that would make bank, or at least make it for like the big games on the season. Yeah. Just have have one stand at least. That would be dope. I would, for I would, sure. <laughs> I would be so so in on that. Let's Although the see. stands would probably be empty because everyone's trying to get honey fried. Yeah, chicken, but, yeah I was about to say, yeah. it would be a long-ass line. <laughs> uh, let's see here. 2022 cornerback and i know we're a little late here we didn't record last week our apologies took a little break off a little much needed one to get the creative flow going but we took a little break but this was a little while ago 2022 cornerback travis hunter earned his fifth star uh, via 247 sports uh florida state now has a five star in that 2022 class talented guy db florida state always brings him in but good to see this cat get in there and and earn his fifth star and he seems to be a Florida State lock right now, uh, which is a good sign uh, for FSU fans. And up next, five-star Tristan Lee is expected to announce his top five on Thursday. So uh, he's going to announce that at 3 p.m. So probably by the time you're listening to this, he's probably either about to or has announced this. Uh, Is FSU going to be in that top five? He recently did an unofficial visit there and stopped by. Uh, I know from what Nate has told us and from what we've been told, the recruits are really pushing hard on him right now to try to land him, at least in this top five. Obviously, Darius Mims uh, threw Florida State, I think, last week into his um, top ten or top five, somewhere around there. Um, uh, So... Uh, it's just a little things, man. I mean, if you're, if you're having a chance that coach Atkins is really working his tail off and he has a lot of respects inside of recruiting and stuff. But if he's able to just kind of grab these guys, just to the start of having them in the top fives, I think is, is a good start to where they need to go. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. We'll see if Tristan Lee decides uh, to have Seminoles in that top five. We'll see. Uh, and like I said earlier in the podcast, next week we're going to talk a little bit of depth chart projections. Dustin has already posted two articles, both offense and defensive sided, that you guys can go check out. But we're going to discuss it, uh, see if we agree on a few players and where they should stand and, and side on offense and defense and special teams. So that will be happening next week on next week's podcast with Nate and Dustin, along with me and Austin. Uh, let's see here. So. Let's jump into our top three worst segment. We do this every week. It's blowing up. National news is all over. They really love in this segment. Uh, fun fact, I haven't heard anybody tweet us saying they like this segment. So we're just going to keep doing it. Uh, yeah, until someone says they hate it. I mean, might as well keep going. <laughs> Great. Don't say that now. Someone's definitely going to tweet us <laughs> or Discord us and say, oh, I hate it. Oh, there that goes. There goes my fun segment. <laughs> Uh, but Austin said he's worried about this one. So the segment this week is top three worst gym workouts. And Austin, right off the bat when we got on Skype, I think I only had two minutes in, and he told me that he was already worried about this one because he doesn't work out. Yeah. Um, every time I stepped foot in a gym, it was to play basketball. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, I haven't worked out 
like machines, weights, anything besides besides physical therapy, because that's different. Mm-hmm. Um, since like sophomore year of high school, which was seven years ago, six years ago, something like that. So that's why whenever you posted your little tweet the other day when Matthew Cleveland committed, uh, you looked like you were gassed after probably running like oh my god like ten yards on the court or yeah. I was not gassed. For you looked really tired. <laughs> when you when you rebounded for walk-ons, you know. Oh man, I want some shade. I hope they're not <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> Shout out my guys though. Oh man, jeez, Austin just throwing shade out here. <laughs> there go your sources. Sources are gone. Bye bye. <laughs> never said those are my sources. I know. Hey, you can't ever tell who your sources yeah. are. Just guessing. I'm just guessing. Uh, all right, so I'll start off first. I'll go. I'll go first. Uh, top three worst gym workouts. It just actually came to my head. That's a workout doing a plank for abs. I hate that stuff. I, I had to sit there for at least a minute. And if you're doing like a countdown timer on your phone, you have to sit there and like you can't help but look at the time next to you. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I've only been going for 15 <laughs> seconds. And it feels like you've been going on for five minutes. Uh, it burns your core. Yes, it's really great. But man, it's brutal. I, I always hated doing it in high school football and having workouts like after lifting. And then you have to do abs for like 15 minutes and then you're all sweaty and then you're having to hold up and it's just, it's just terrible, man. I honestly never hated it. Like I had to do it a lot for physical therapy after I had hip surgery. Cause you know, it helps it. Like you said, it helps out with the core. Yeah. And, and, and the hip is part of that, even if you don't think about it, but oh, yeah. I, I honestly never minded it really. I mean, I would, I would be doing planks, side planks and yeah, that minute is the longest minute of your life. The mm-hmm. two minutes of the Kentucky Derby are faster than the one minute you do a plank. But, <laughs> I honestly never thought it was that bad. I get why people hate it, but I never thought it was that bad. Do you have a six-pack? I do not, no. <laughs> I drink too much chocolate milk for that to happen. <laughs> All right, you're up next. You got it. My The first one that came to mind for me was bench press, and I know everyone oh, loves the bench press. Oh, 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 oh. I just – I always hated it because I'm not that strong of a guy. I'll admit it. Oh, I, I was, I've always been all lower body. I always had strong legs, but I, I never liked the bench press, ever. No? The ladies, no. don't let the ladies hear that now. Come on. Okay. All the ladies and that listen to this, Dustin's mom does listen to this. Yeah, that's a so. small demographic there. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm like, probably that's probably one of my favorites is probably bench. I've just always liked chest, and um, I'm... I'm flabbergasted. I think you might actually have one tweet come at you. We'll see. Maybe Discord will rip <laughs> you apart. <clears throat> um, but I, I, I can kind of understand it, but uh, you're a leg guy. You're a big leg yeah. guy. Yeah, like like I would always do squats, leg presses, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, bench press. Mm. No. Uh, I'll go with number two. I'm going with. Ah. Uh, I'll go, I'll go with squats. I don't think – there's some days where I do, like, I'll be like, oh, I really want to do them. And then when I get there, I'm like, I really don't want to go do squats right now. I don't think that's something that really anybody wants to do. That's why, why the whole thing around the world is said, like, skipping leg day, blah, 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 blah. Like, no one really wants to do it. It burns. You're sore for the next, like, five days. And it's just brutal. And whenever you do squats and you're trying and you're doing a decent amount of weight, man, you're just freaking gassed for the rest of the day. You were worn oh, out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and then the next day you try and walk and you can't. Yeah. 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 And you could be cramping up, too, because you probably did calves, too. So you're like cramping up in bed and you feel like your leg just got friggin shot and you're in a, dying in a movie. Uh, you're, you're just, it's, it's just brutal. Obviously legs are, or it's a, it's something you want to work out if you're doing your upper body, but, uh, dude, I, I never look forward to like doing squats. I, I just never, never have, but you still got to do it. But see, that was me with the bench press. I never looked forward to it. Yeah. And it, I just like, I, I would get done afterwards. I'm like, this was pointless. I hated this. Mm-hmm. I understand it. I understand. You're making a you're making a decent point, but you're still just weird. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead. You go you go with your number two. My number two is the treadmill, because <laughs> running on that thing 
is not like running on anything else because it's so flat. It's so hard. And to me, I don't see the point of running if there's not a point in running. Like basketball, you're chasing a ball, you're shooting. Same with football. You're running around, running routes, trying to catch a pass. Yeah, it's fine. When you're just running to run, it's pointless. I hate it. So no 5Ks for you, huh? No 5Ks. Not even a half K. <laughs> not even a mile run? I hate it. I always hate when we did the mile in school. I hated it. Yeah, we like I said earlier, we can really tell when you did a little bit of jogging in that warm up in no, that picture was, on Twitter. I was fine in that picture. I, no, I you not, were so tired. No, I was not. I, we had just gotten there. Yeah, that's an even more sad part. You were dead. I wasn't tired. I was not tired. There. Oh, I will go to my grave saying I'm not tired. Oh my god, he was gassed. Don't let him lie to you. He was so tired of getting those rebounds. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I mean the treadmill run, I, I just only do five minutes of it every time before I start just to kind of get the heart going a little bit before we start lifting. But, um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably rather run outside, but right now I'll take a treadmill any day of the week because it's hot as a mofo here in oh, Tallahassee. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is. It's hot in North Carolina too. Yeah. It's like, it was like 97 degrees here today. Mm, oh, brutal. Yeah, I used to never because I when I ran track, I love. I mean, running outdoors, you just you fall in love with it. And but whenever you're, whenever I went to the treadmill thing, I was like, what am I doing? Because you you're like you're looking at the numbers and you're going like a mile, but you know it's better whenever you're outside and whatnot. So the treadmill thing, I can kind of understand. It's not too bad. Uh, let's see, my number one. I think it's I, th- I think it's one that I think people. It's a weird one. It's an odd one. This might be just personally for me, uh, but I really have—I I guess I really do hate it because I don't do it a lot. But I hate doing shoulders. Like whenever you're doing shoulders, <clears throat> let me just tell you—you you do like 12 reps or whatever, and it's burning the flying f out of you. Like you're dying. <laughs> but then like you don't—it doesn't like when you look at the mirror, you're not like, it doesn't buff you up. Like if you're doing biceps, even legs and calves and stuff, like you look good. Like you look like you're making some yeah. progress in the gym, but if you're doing shoulders, like nothing changes, you're just dying. And it feels like your shoulders are getting needles all in them. And then you're really sore f- for another five days. But then you're like, well, there hasn't been really much of an upgrade on my shoulders. And I'm sure now we'll probably get gym police on us and sh- telling us that we're not doing it right. Or we need to add more weight. I'm sure that will happen. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I, I honestly don't mind shoulder workouts because I think it was like last August I had like a really bad shoulder issue. And so I was having to do a whole bunch of shoulder stuff. And I honestly didn't mind it. It was obviously sore the next few days, but I honestly didn't mind it. But I completely understand what you're saying. I feel like we really screwed up this segment because we most certainly should have had Dustin Lewis on for this. He would not have known any of these. <laughs> oh, damn. He's gonna tell. He's gonna tell you though. He did play high school football. Twelve years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um. He. He would be great for this segment. We might just ask him personally, like, or not personally, but on the podcast next week. And I think it'd be great to have Nate on here too, because Nate. Nate is pretty jacked. He's a dad. Um, and, but he, he is very strict and, and I don't know if he does stuff at home and, or goes to the gym, but Nate is a big guy. Um, so I'd like to really get, you know, go three V one on Dustin and really get to know what his, uh, worst gym workouts are. And he's probably going to say, get into my car to go to Whataburger. (laughs) (laughs) Walk into the fridge at two in the morning. Yeah, yeah, that's probably what it's going to be. Lifting the Popeye sandwich to his mouth. <laughs> Bicep workout. <laughs> this is so mean. This is bullying. We're dickheads. I feel, I feel bad for Dustin, but this is what he gets for not being here. Yeah, it is. And like we said, we'll, it, it's a, it's, we'll, we'll let it slide this time. Uh, we'll make sure to give him a hard time when he gets back here. I know everybody's missing him. No one. Uh, let's see here. On to so that I well, think that was I, I st- I've still got oh, my you, number three. Okay, yeah, I, was, I, I knew um, something was wrong. Go ahead. I I don't know how to describe this exercise because I don't know what it's called, but I've had I've had an ankle fracture. I've had hip surgery, so like I've had to do this a lot. They'll put like um 
You know those balls that are cut in half? I forget what they're called. And they help with balance. I forget what they're called. Uh, cut in half, like the balls, like a balance thing, like where you're balancing on it or something? Yeah. So they, uh, do it, yeah. they would put one of those on a leg press machine for me, and I would have to use oh. my, bad, my bad hip to balance. Oh. And that like was leg press. It was yeah, it was kind of like a leg press, but it's like it's harder. It's well, it's stationary because you're having to hold it. Oh yeah. And that was brutal. I hated it. Ooh. Like every, because I did it like three times a week, and every time I'd be like, "Can we not just not this time, please?" And they never listened because they're evil people. <laughs> they're just trying to help you, Austin. Physical therapists are the worst. <laughs> yeah, you have to have like a love, well, really just a hate hate relationship with them, like. Yeah. Whenever you go into PT, because I tore my ACL, but like, man, when I started doing like leg press after surgery and stuff, I was really like, I'd be sweating. Like, I'd be embarrassed because oh, yeah. like old granny's over here just doing a little bit of some <laughs> freaking wrist work on the table over there. I'm over here leg pressing and I'm just worried my legs going to freaking yep. flip back and hit me in the face and then yep. uh, too much weight. And I'm I'm literally sweating out of my mind. What are those uh, balls? I keep. I think they're called like Bosu balls or something. Maybe. I'm sure, someone will. Tell yeah, us. that's a yeah Bosu ball. It's literally like a med, It's like a medicine ball cut in half, basically. Okay. God, I hated those things. Every time they brought it out, whether like there would be sometimes where I have to like lean back on it and throw tennis balls. I just I hated any time they brought it out. Is the hip doing good now though? It's doing all right. Not it's too very bad. very few complaints. Shout out, um, where did I go? What is that? <laughs> he went there three times a week. I don't remember where he went. It's a, um, oh my God. I'm going to feel oh, bad. Wow. I, gave bas- I gave him basketball tickets so much. <laughs> God. Great. You're really yeah. a good. Ta- Tallahassee Orthopedic Sports Physical Therapy. There we go. They're over there. On, okay. They're on Capital Circle by uh, TOC. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Shout out to them. Shout yeah. out to them. Hashtag no ad. No ad. Hashtag no Although, ad. if y'all want to sponsor us, please. Yeah, yeah. If you would like, if anybody with any kind of business wants to, even cannabis, I, well, I mean, it's going to be legal here in like probably by tomorrow. So, um, but yeah, let's see. And I really, and I, I'll put on here too, I'd, am since me and dustin live near him i still am bringing up the idea of me and him going to work out with jacoby mcdaniel for one workout session i think dustin has said on here live that he would be down for it. i think he did and i don't remember that it may have been when you all did it by yourselves maybe. i certainly would have remembered that he I, I feel like it was recently too because i brought it up and i, I jacoby mcdaniel obviously a former knoll who was over 300 pounds during his time at fsu is slimmed down to where he's almost close to my friggin' weight which is nuts at like 200 so uh he he looks great and it would be a brutal brutal workout with him and i i just would really we should just vlog the whole thing um and get that uh, and tweet it out or something because man, I, I'd love to see Dustin go through whatever Jacoby's uh, doing, uh, running like mile after mile after mile, and then going and lifting and stuff. I, I when you love to see that, that. I, I would feel bad for him because I would not want to do that. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, that's our top three worst seg- uh, top three worst gym workouts. That's uh, going to end off the top three worst segment. Uh, if you have any bad workouts that you hate the most or do you agree or disagree with us, make sure you tweet us or hit us up in the Discord um, and please roast us. Please do. Uh, let's jump into some basketball here. We got quite a bit along with some questions and off the podcast. Uh, let's start off with a pretty good one. I think Florida State got some good news and Leonard Hamilton did. He might be dancing still. Five-star <laughs> Matthew Cleveland has committed to Florida State. Austin, you've been kind of all over this thing. Um, you've kind of been talking on the inside with some guys, and you felt pretty confident for probably a good while now. Uh, thoughts on this? Give us the rundown, everything. Yes, yeah, so I've been pretty confident going back to uh, God, when, pretty much when Bryce McGowan's committed. I was pretty confident that Matthew Cleveland would follow suit. Those two are pretty close. Um, Cleveland's 
a stud. He's an athletic freak. He's one of the most athletic prospects I've ever seen at his age, and that's saying something because we've had some really great athletes come to the Florida State program. Um, I've been saying the last few weeks, I, I really think Matthew Cleveland's a null. I, unless something completely unexpected goes down, of course, the headlines are always going to say, oh, he chose Florida State over Kansas or whoever else. But this was this was Florida State's to lose. CY and Coach Ham put a ton of assets into this recruitment. They've really been after Cleveland a long time. Um, but once he announced his top five and then when he said was committing this soon in the process when he's still got a year before he's even on campus, it's pretty, pretty confident it was Florida State. I'm also fairly confident if he was able to take his Boston College visit or the visit to the Boston College game where we wrapped up the ACC championship that he would have committed on the spot Um, because he still hasn't even gotten a photo shoot yet. Um, If he's been on campus, I think it's for an unofficial unofficial visit. Um, He's not your average five-star, though. You know, education is really important to him and the Cleveland family, and that's part of why he chose Florida State. Uh, They have a very good criminal justice program, and that's what he wants to major in. I didn't post that in my article, but that does mean a lot to him. As far as the scouting report goes, oh lord! As far oh, as the scouting man, report you just had goes, a big ass crack in your voice. Yeah, I've been talking a lot today. <laughs> I'm losing my voice. Oh, um, obviously the length and athleticism's insane. You you watch AAU t- tape of him, especially these last few weeks when he's been killing the AAU circuit. He's just leaps and bounds better than everyone else when it comes to athleticism. There was one post of or one clip of him skies for a rebound, pushes it up the floor. He goes to finish on the right side of the rim, then finishes on finishes with his left hand on the other side of the rim because someone to block his shot like a Jordan layup. He's an athletic freak. He's one of the easiest leapers I've ever seen. And I've seen Bacon, whoever you want to talk about through Florida State, I've seen him all. He's right up there with them all. Uh, finishing around the rim, his body control is on another level. He's can take contact in the air and just switch hands real quick. He can just stay in the air, stay with the same hand, throw it high off the glass, and it's still going to go in. Once he gets his jump shot down, which I think is kind of his biggest weakness right now, and that's not really saying much because it's still a solid jump shot. He can keep people honest from behind the arc and 18 feet out, so on and so forth. But once he gets that jump shot working like Polite and White Wilkes do, he's going to be unstoppable Um, because he can get to the basket with ease, Another thing he needs to work on is passing out of double teams because he's going to get double teamed a lot once he gets to Florida State and in the ACC because playing Georgia AAU is a lot different than playing in the ACC. Um, and with his length, he's going to be a good defender, especially once he gets in the system where he's got CY and Ham barking in his ear all the time about playing defense. He's definitely got the versatility. He's strong enough to be able to switch on the bigs, which we've seen Florida State do this past year. This is a big one. Like Logan said, this was a huge get for Florida State. He's good friends with the Bryce McAllens. I don't see either of these two leaving. Um, and they're chasing after some pretty big fish, which we'll get to in a second. Now, this is going to be hard for me to say, but uh, here we go. Taynor Nam has signed his GIA for this upcoming season. Yeah, you're close. I think it's Tanner Nagam. Yeah, Tanner Nagam, I think. We'll find out once Florida State actually releases their pronunciations. Um, but, yeah, this one came out of left field, and we're a week late on this, but we released an article on it. Um, completely out of left field. I mean, no one knew this was coming. I, I'm as plugged into the program as anyone. and I, I, Someone sent me the tweet that, that he had signed. I'm like, who is this dude? But Leave it to Coach Ham and Coach Jones to find a – Seven foot two athletic beast that averaged sixteen points and twelve rebounds last year. Um, yeah, his his competition wasn't the greatest. He played for Ryerson University, which is in Ontario, Canada. Um, so he's facing a lot of guys that are like half of, half his height, and yeah, he can just throw up easy post hooks over them. But he's athletic as well. He's really really mobile for someone seven foot two. Um, He's on. He's honestly more mobile than Ike Obiaga was a couple years ago. Um, he's only got one year left. He's basically a graduate transfer. He played three years at Ryerson. Um, it'll be interesting to see what his role is. I'm not expecting him to start. I think that's still going to go to Malik Osborne. And I think Balsa Kopervich is in for a big role this season. So even if he only adds you know, 14 to 18 minutes of quality play, I mean, his goal is to get to the NBA, and he's he's got that body that 
yeah, you can get to the NBA. He's got the athleticism. He's got the length. He's got the fundamentals. Um, he's still got to work on his offensive post moves a little bit. His footwork's a little bit sloppy. But a year of learning under Coach Jones, who's one of the best big men developers across college basketball, I think it's going to help him a lot. And if he averages, you know, block, block and a half a game, six points, four rebounds, I mean, that's perfect. That's what Florida State needs. Up next, Jordan Riley of Brentwood, New York, is announcing on Friday. You didn't already get over that, no? No. Um, he announced his top five last week. Um, I believe the top five is uh, – I have it pulled up. It's Florida State, UConn, uh, St. John's. Oh, boy, who's the rest? You may want to cut this. <laughs> in the meanwhile, this is where we'll run our hashtag no ad that we have. If you're ever interested in sponsoring the podcast, we have on former <laughs> like Deion Sanders, Derek Brooks, um, Terrell Buckley, some really cool former even guys that are in yeah. the NBA, Terrence Mann. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, just throwing it out there and future NBA stars, Patrick Williams. Yeah, I, I had this little up and my computer decided to refresh everything. So that's great. Uh, Florida State, St. John's, UConn. Kansas and Georgetown. Um, Florida State just offered him, I think, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And he's put him in his top five. Everyone around him, like his trainer, his family, is pushing him for Florida State because they believe Florida State has the best wing development of all of his final options. Um, but as of right now, I'm hearing he's leaning towards St. John's. He's announcing on Friday. Um, but with Matthew Cleveland committing to Florida State, Riley's leaning more towards St. John's as it stands right now. Up next, basketball-related. Uh, how is Florida State to you, and in your opinion, how are they going to plan on, on finishing off this 2020 class? Because that's been a big talk inside the Discord and a little bit on Twitter, but mainly in the Discord asking you, and it's been a big conversation on how Florida State and Leonard Hamilton and staff and company are going to try to finish off this 2020 class. Right, and with the tenor Nagam signing that came out of nowhere, it was still before Musa Chise signed and before your from Oklahoma state had announced where he was transferring to. So once he committed, everyone's like, well, I guess we're out, out of the running for these two Florida states. They still got one open slot. I don't expect him to give it to a walk on or to just let it go to waste. I, th- there's some option out there that no one's talking about because they're always going to find that one guy, but it's, it's probably going to be a wing option that can shoot, that can contribute immediately and the guy that can play make a little bit. He's not going to be relied upon as a ball handler, but you know he's going to be able to be a secondary ball handler on the offense. He can bring the ball the floor in a pinch. He can still handle a pick and roll. Because um, right now with Quincy Ballard probably redshirting, and unless Nate Jacks made a huge improvement in his game, he's still probably not looking at big minutes. So you've only got nine to ten guys, if you include Wyatt Wilkes in that ten, that you can rely on. And you, you know Coach Am. He wants to go 11, maybe 12 if he can. But he definitely wants that 11th guy that can contribute. And I'm not sure where it's coming from right now, but it's coming from somewhere. Yep. And and speaking of, you know, what to expect for the finish of the 2020 class, why not just jump into the 2021 class and figure out what might be the plan there on that regard, looking ahead? Yeah. So just, just look at the board. Um, you're They're looking for anywhere between three to five more players. With You've already got McGowan's and you've got Matthew Cleveland committed, but you still have, just in seniors alone, you've got MJ Walker, Nate Jack, Tanner Nagam, Wyatt Wilkes, Raquan Evans. Those guys are all seniors. And you've got Scotty Barnes and Sarder Calhoun, who are all who are both likely professional prospects. I wouldn't be surprised if they're both one-and-dones, even though Calhoun's a JUCO guy. But they're both professional prospects, so there's still a ton of ton of room to move on the board. Um the most likely one, and I'm, I'm expecting him to pop soon, if he does pop, is Ryan Matumbo, the son of Dikembe and the cousin of Florida State great Florida State great Fiondu Cavangeli. Um, both Bryce and Matthew Cleveland have said they're pushing after him hard. And Matumbo even said once Florida State offered, we'll see what happens. Everyone kind of thought that he'd, be, he'd go to Georgetown, but the Georgetown people are saying, I don't think he's coming to Georgetown. I think... They only he only included Georgetown in his list out of courtesy to his dad, because um, Dikembe played at Georgetown. But I think Matumbo's the most likely option to pop. 
out of these next few options. Um, Josh Minot, I just found out about him today. He's a four-star on some sites, three-star on others. Uh, he's a 6'9 forward from St. Andrews High School in Boca Raton, which is the same high school Anthony Polite played at, so those two are close. He just released his top five today, which is Florida State, Maryland, Memphis, Baylor, and Kansas. Um, his brother said on Facebook, Florida State's a pretty likely option. That's definitely going to be one to watch out for if he commits in the next few weeks or month or whatever. Um, J.D. Davison, point guard from Alabama, good Lord, uh, is another option to watch out for. He is AAU teammates with Matthew Cleveland. He put Florida State in his top nine or top ten, I think, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Um, I'm still expecting Davison to go to either Alabama or Auburn. Those two are definitely after him the hardest. And he's one of those players. He's super talented and super athletic, but he's only listed at 6'2", only. Um, huh. I don't know if he'd be a perfect fit in Florida State system, but they do seem to be going after him hard, and I'm sure Cleveland's in his ear saying, hey, come to Florida State. We can continue what we've got going here at, with our AAU program. Um, and then the last big name to watch out for is James Graham. He just released his top nine this week, which was Auburn, Maryland, Florida State, Memphis, Georgetown, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Marquette, and Vanderbilt. Um, as of right now, I'm expecting him to go to Michigan State just from what I've been hearing. I think it's either going to be them or Wisconsin. Um, Florida State's been after him for a while, um, and they definitely like him a lot. But they seem to back off a little bit compared to the other teams. There's some other names to watch out for, like James White, uh, Dallin Coleman. Florida State's just after a ton of wean options because they're losing so many between MJ, Nate Jack, Wyatt Wilkes. Um, they're definitely going to need another point guard. Bryce McGowan's isn't going to be able to do everything, sadly. Um, so they're looking for another point guard for sure. Probably two more wean options and maybe one more big. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they said we're set with Malik Osborne, Quincy Ballard, and Balsa Kopravica. You still have Naheem McLeod in the picture. He's scheduled to come in as part of the 2021 class. Um, but we'll see how this season plays out for him. Ready to jump into some questions here to finish off the pod, Austin? You've been rolling. It's a Dustin isn't here to relay it for you, so you're yeah. just over here. We're over here solo doloing in both and uh, both sports. Yeah. Even though you helped me out in football, though. Yeah, for once. Over here. Some, these are some really good basketball updates. I learned something new because I, I, as people know, I'm not that crazy into knowing the most of basketball. But definitely the last couple of seasons, though, I have been more intrigued on learning because Florida State is a freaking – it is a – can it be like a 50-50 basketball school? Can we at least do that at least? I mean, they are the most successful program right now. And, um, I mean, obviously there's other sports in FSU. But mm-hmm. if it's if you're competing with baseball, I mean, they did go to the, the – um, uh, college world series not too long ago but still i mean and and you could argue florida state's a perennial top 15 program right now just mm-hmm. the way they've been rolling the past four or five years yep yeah so uh i I've, I've been learning more and i think a lot i think you're seeing a lot lot change too with football fans kind of starting to really want to get to know the inside and even go into recruiting now and i think it's awesome so austin does a great job of laying that out and will continue to do that too uh, and I would definitely go check out, and I don't think we really talk about that much, but Austin really put out a really good rundown of Matthew Cleveland, the five-star that committed to FSU, put a really good rundown of what kind of impact he'll bring, why he kind of committed to Florida State, what it means, and a whole lot of other info in there that I think FSU fans would like to, to know about that new big-time recruit, as Austin said. Uh, let's jump into some questions. I'll lead you into these because I think some of these are on your Twitter uh, Drew G. Hall says, given the highly successful run of last year's team, how do you both think this year's team compares for this season? It It's tough because you're losing a ton of leadership from Trent Forrest. Of everything great Trent provided, it was absolutely his leadership on and off the court. Um, but we heard from Patrick Williams that MJ Walker can definitely step in and be that guy. Um when he told us that story after the pick game saying, you know, this is supposed to be our turn. This isn't how it's supposed to start. Um, who, who takes in that leadership role, whether it's MJ, whether it's a collection of guys, is going to be interesting to see. Um, and I, the one thing I'm really concerned about is scoring. There's Obviously, losing Trent is huge because he could get you a bucket whenever you needed it. 
Devin Vassell was the same way. I mean, those were two of your top three scorers last year. Um, Scotty Barnes is obviously going to be able to provide that as a six nine point guard. He's going to get to the basket whenever he wants, um, but is he actually going to want to? Is he going to be able to put up those 13, 14 points a game that they need? Same with Sarder Calhoun. I have a feeling as talented as he is and as much as I think he should start, I think Anthony Polite's probably in line to start, just knowing Coach Hamilton. And he likes the guys that have been in the system two to three years that have that experience. Um, And Calhoun's new to the system. He's still got to learn his way around it. If he kills summer workouts and fall practice defensively, yeah, he'll start for sure. Um, But that's the one thing I'm concerned about. Shooting's not a concern. Between Calhoun, Anthony Polite, Wyatt Wilkes, MJ Walker, Malik Osborne shot like 38% from three last year. I think Raekwon Gray is going to have a much better season from three this year. He's going to have an entire summer where he's been working on his confidence is going to be back up. Um, I, you're going to have six to seven really, really good shooters uh, on the floor um, throughout a game, which is huge. So shooting's not the issue, but I think scoring might be. Um, and I'm hoping this team's just as motivated from last year where they, they're so upset that they didn't get to make the tournament, didn't get the chance to make that final four run, which we'll talk about here shortly. But I, I think it's going to be another very good team. Last year's team benefited from college basketball in general being down, especially the ACC, that they had the huge chance to make the Final Four. I think this team is just a talented, but so is the rest of college basketball, if that makes sense. Alupo8897 from Twitter asks, I don't want to sound cynical, but was this the year for a Final Four berth, or can Ham recreate this with the recruits? In parentheses, I mean more of... Can these five stars replicate the experience to get through the tourney? College basketball, especially the tournament, is built on experienced guard play. So I think this year's another great chance because you still have MJ Walker, who's a senior, Raekwon Evans, who's a senior, Anthony Polite, who's a redshirt junior. Yeah, you've got Scotty Barnes, who's a true freshman, but when you've got all this experience around him, I think it's still set up very nicely for Florida State to have a great run this season. Um, maybe 2021, 22, you're looking more, you're looking more inexperienced. There's going to be a lot more freshman mistakes. Um, but I think coach Hamilton and the rest of the staff, they're, they're rolling right now. I'm not that concerned that this was their only chance to make a final four this past season. I think these next four to five years, you're, I truly believe you're going to see Florida state contend for a national championship, whether it's a final four or actually in the national championship game. I think they do get there sometime in the next five years. Up next is Jay Sands, 1313, asks, which Coach Hamilton getting more top-notch players lately? What do you, or with Coach Hamilton getting uh, some top-notch players lately, what do y'all think of us turning into a one-and-done school, or do y'all think some of them will stay around and actually help Coach get his first national championship? It's certainly interesting. Um, Patrick Williams said it himself. He didn't expect to be a one-and-done player. It just happened to work out that way. And even going back a few more years, Jonathan Isaac didn't want to be a one-and-done, but it made sense to. Um, Malik Beasley didn't want to be a one-and-done, but it turned out that was the best option for him. Scotty Barnes, as talented as he is, maybe he sticks around for another season. Maybe his first season doesn't go as well as he hopes, and he wants to prove something his sophomore season. Or Matthew Cleveland, he's definitely got the more NBA profile that they're looking for. He's got that big, versatile skill set um, from the wings. But like Bryce McGowan's, who I'm really expecting to be a five-star here soon as much as he's been killing it the end of last season and into AAU. Um, I'm really expecting him to be a five-star, but he's one of those guys that I'm expecting to stay around for a while. Um, He's one of those players that as talented as he is, I think he's almost near the ceiling of his potential, which, you know, it, it sucks, but it's also great because you know what you're getting. Um, He's one of those guys. I wouldn't be surprised if he stays around two or three years. Up next is, Patrick one seven four three one one. That's actually my good old pal. This is my video game pal, Patrick Jackson, asking the question here. He says, "Who is the next five star Coach Hamilton pulls?" I think it's probably not going to be until twenty twenty two. Michael Foster's a real, real good option to keep an eye on for the twenty twenty one class. Um, he's really high on Florida State. Florida State's really high on him. I don't know if he's going to be a little bit concerned that with Matthew Cleveland going there 
or if he would, he'd be perfectly fine sliding in at the three. Um, it could be him, or it could even be Bryce McGowan's if he gets that fifth star, which I absolutely think he should. If it goes to 2022, uh, I would say Jaden Bradley. He's was originally from Concord, North Carolina, played at Cannon School, which is just down the street from me, but he just transferred to IMG. There's a few more FSU targets, but he's one of the best prospects in that class, and I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up at Florida State. This last question is from Jacob on Discord. Ask, who do you think the next recruit to pop will be? I've already talked about it a little bit, but I think it's going to be Ryan Matumbo. Uh, I think he's really close to pulling the trigger. Because he, he's been on Florida State's campus. It may have not been for an actual visit, but he's been there to visit Fiondu. He's been in the Florida State locker room at Georgia Tech. Um, he was also there in Anaheim when we played Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Um, so he's been around Florida State. It's not like he just got offered, then decides to commit. He's, he's been around Florida State. He saw what his cousin went through there and how great Fiondu became under that staff. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if he pulls the plug here in the next few weeks. And just for an update here, uh, this is breaking news. Antonio Brown is not retiring. Oh, shocking. Uh, yeah, shocking, I know, to everybody. Uh, hope you're sitting down to hear that news. But he is not retiring. He is actually trying to get back into the NFL. He just posted an Instagram video directed at Roger Goodell and everything. So I know he just retired, not just only just a few days ago. Um, he is back now um, and trying to get back into the NFL. So this is probably his fourth return to the NFL. He's tried to he, retire he's about 12 retired, times. Yeah, he's retired and unretired more than Brett Favre in a span of about four months. Yeah, exactly. I try to put at it, put it like this. Like It's kind of like he retires so much and then he comes back. It's like me wherever I'm hung over from drinking so much and I say I'm <laughs> never say going I'm never to drinking again. Yeah, yeah, I'm never going to drink again when I'm so hungover and then the next weekend I'm drinking. So yeah. um I feel like me and Antonio Brown at least we might not have the talent wise on the football field, but we do have that kind of connection and that's why it's always go Steelers. Um here we go. Um so yeah, I think that's pretty much it for the rest of the podcast. We're probably we can't do trivia tonight. We'll save dad jokes we don't want to just run them out of place. We'll probably save that for whenever Nate, the actual dad, is here with us next week. Um, yeah. Next week. Next week should be a loaded podcast. I think a lot of we should get some more updates on the Florida State versus West Virginia game. Um, and there should be some more football stuff popping. And please send your questions, uh, whether it be directly to us through Twitter or Discord. You can tweet them at us, put them in the Discord, do whatever. Send a Send a pigeon. Do whatever. We'll just give us as many questions as we can get. Um, we're, we're open for a lot of questions next week. Yeah. And speaking of questions, we literally just got one more on Twitter. Um, Jeremiah Myers asks, who's going to be the heartbeat of the 2021 team for basketball? Um, I, honestly, against MJ. As inconsistent as he was his first two seasons, last season he showed the, the potential that he could have an all-ACC kind of season. But he had the swagger to go with it. I think it was the pit game where he had that chase down block that ended up being a foul. He He's right there just showing off, being the guy that everyone's rallying around. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's the biggest heartbeat for the 2021 team. And if I remember correctly, I think it was Patrick Williams. who only had one year with MJ Walker. And we asked, I don't know what we asked him, but he was noting that MJ Walker really is a guy that, you know, kind of gets you going, has that yep. energy, you know. Um, and so that's something that, you know, usually a team will rally around um, for sure. And like you said, MJ did have a nice, nice um, season last year. So I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm excited to watch him. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's going to do it for the rest of this podcast. Like Austin said, we're going to do a big Q&A podcast next week kind of just to – start getting prepared for football season. You can also, of course, send in basketball questions. Hopefully we can have like 50 questions we can just just whack through. And also recruiting-wise, it's it's filled, man. It's filled uh, with, with stuff that we can answer. So, uh, And we're also going to go over depth chart projections uh, with Dustin. And uh, Nate will be on board, too. So I think it's going to be a great podcast uh, for you guys. And then after that, we're going to start bringing on guests again. I think we had a pretty, really nice run of guests. 
Um, but with football season coming closer and guys reporting to camps and stuff, it's harder to get these guys on. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll figure some guest out stuff before uh, football season starts. And I forgot to mention, too, uh, we are going to be bringing on a new member to the Noel Game Day family. Um, I think a lot of people in the Discord were wanting to know, and also Twitter, who it may be. It may be a little while before we can announce it, uh, but uh, maybe a little hint here. I promised the Discord people we would give them a hint. Uh, going to be... This guy is going to be from, it is a guy. Maybe maybe that should just be the hint. No, I can't do it like that. Uh, this person is actually from a different country that will be joining Null Game Day. So uh, we currently have one person, Adam, who is our assistant uh, designer, graphic designer for Null Game Day. He is from Canada. So he'll be. this next person will be our second person from out of the United States. They'll be joining Noel Game Day. Really excited to have him on board. I am stoked. Uh, it's, it took a little while to bring him on, but uh, this is I'm excited for you guys to meet him when the announcement comes soon. Uh, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play. If you rate us five stars on iTunes and leave a review, we'll shout you out before every podcast. Appreciate everybody that does that. Follow us on Twitter at HearTheSpear. If you want to join our Discord and have nuggets, recruiting nuggets, basketball nuggets, if you were in the Discord uh, last week, you would have already known Matthew Cleveland was committing to Florida State. Uh, Nate or Austin was dropping in some good nuggets there uh, regarding that whole thing. So if you're in the Discord and you want, or if you're not in the Discord and you want a link, tweet us, get in touch with us. We'll send you a link. It's free. A lot of Knowles are in there. It's going to be a big hit once football season starts. I think we're going to have channels created to where. We'll have a channel thread just for the game itself. And then I think I'm, we'll create voice channels, which will be pretty cool since a lot of people won't be going to the games anyways. If you want to hop into a voice channel and bring, be around uh, like 20, 25, 50, whatever amount of FSU fans that are in there and watch the game with them, feel free to do so. That's in our Discord. Hit us up. We'll send you a link and you can join. Hope you all have a great rest of y'all's week. And we will talk to you guys next week on Hit the Sphere. See you guys.